This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. A little later than you might be accustomed to, by the way. Happy Monday. This is the new spot for Sandy and Sean. We're joining you in drive time. So at Broncos season's uh, underway, and boy, is it ever. We'll get to that in a moment. But as a result, you know, we're going to be here uh, from 4 to 6 every evening on your drive home. So hopefully that will be uh, a source of uh, at least uh, something to alleviate the the uh, I-25 blues. Yes. So hopefully that will uh, rush hour. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully that will afternoon drive help. And uh, it's good to be back in afternoon. Good to, drive. to be back for it's you. Been a while. Uh, yeah, it it is actually it's been a, many um, moons. Actually, a new one for me, as a matter of fact. So it'll be a lot of fun to be able to to be in that role because, uh, boy, I've been morning drive, but I'm not going to lie to you, Sandy. I'm not a morning person. I'm just not. Well, so I've been around <laughs> long enough that literally between six in the morning. Yep. Actually, five in the morning. To midnight. To midnight. You've done the whole deal. I've been on at various points in shifts that cover every one of those 19 hours. Well, this is actually... Fortunately, not consecutively yeah, yeah. at any time. This is the, the, <laughs> I don't believe. Now, uh, after today, then I'll, have ma- then I'll have matched you. I'll have done the same thing after today. I've gone from five to, to right. midnight. Yeah, so uh, there, there we you go. go. So we're on it. So we're... we're of equal, well, I mean, in the, in the, if not experience, then the yes. equal breadth there you in go. the hours we've that, that's, that's the nice right. way of putting it. But uh, as the Denver Broncos get going after their first weekend uh, with fans in, present, in, in practices and being able to have a, a fun weekend there, actually. What you is know? it about the first day in pads? It, it, it seems always to produce news. And, of course, any news you make in preseason. Yes. Is likely to be bad. Almost certainly bad. There are very few things that are good. And unfortunately, today, after missing all of last year with a torn right ACL, unfortunately, in 7-7s, seven the dreaded non-contact injury, Tim Patrick, looking for a bounce-back season, comes back again and ends up going down with injury after the practice, immediately after the practice. Uh, this is what Sean Payton, the head coach, had to say about it. No update. I'll just tell you what happened. I, I was watching it like directly because he was running around and it was something we had corrected earlier. It was kind of on air. He planted. Um, I thought it looked like he slipped, but we're evaluating his left Achilles. That, that's what we think the injury is. Um, we haven't confirmed it until he gets the MRI, but, um, you know, it wasn't any contact. It was just kind of coming out of a cut. Um, His injury last year was on his right knee, so I think the natural question right away by all of us was, is it the same leg? But um, we'll, we'll wait till we get an MRI. Well, unfortunately, uh, they still will wait for the MRI, but multiple sources uh, reporting Jeff Legwald of ESPN among them that uh, it is a torn left Achilles, and that will end Tim Patrick's season for the second year in a row. And the question I would have, and that natural question, is whether he came back too soon uh, from the right ACL because he's been a full participant in all the OTAs throughout the offseason, mm-hmm. right? And you have a right ACL and now a left Achilles tendon tear, right. presumably. You wonder if, however much he was favoring the knee, that it had any impact at all. I I think it's a fair question 
to ask. And it also applies, I'm sorry to say, to Javante Williams, who we both have suggested, uh, in spite of the Broncos' proclamations to the contrary, you're talking about 12 to 18-month injury. All right? And it's usually less than 12 months, a little bit less, by a few days. Roughly 12 months. Since Tim Patrick Patrick sustained his torn ACL on the right knee. Less than 12 months. This is a 12 to 18-month injury. For Javante Williams, it was a torn ACL and LCL, and that was in October. Right. So it has not even been 10 months, and the Broncos are pushing ahead with the supposition that he will be ready to go full bore on opening day, which is September 10th, which is in less than six weeks. Mm-hmm. Six weeks minus one day. It'll be five weeks from Sunday, this upcoming Sunday. I think you have to raise these questions. And I know guys want to play. And I know they want to accelerate recovery. But the person to me, and maybe two people, who have shown the most sense on this are Gabriel Landeskog of the Colorado Avalanche, who will be missing his second full season of play this upcoming year, and Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets, who took the 12 to 18 months to get right so he could start this year feeling, if not absolutely 100%, then so close to it, that with proper regulation of minutes, the Nuggets were able to get off to a good start. Murray had a good start, and I think we'd all agree by playoff time, he was a great player for the Nuggets in the playoffs, (sighs) playing as many minutes as they needed him to play with no restrictions because he took the time to recover and resisted the pressure placed on him by Tim Connolly and others within the Nuggets organization to come back way, way too soon. Uh, Months, half a year before he had any business thinking about coming back. And his patience bore fruit for Murray individually and for the Nuggets collectively. And I hope that the sensible approach being taken by Landis Gog will bear similar fruit for the Colorado Avalanche. I fear, and again, I have no medical expertise. I have not consulted physicians on this. But when you see somebody go down the way Patrick did today, he told you what the injury was. You could hear the scream from the hill. You could see him throw the helmet. And you could see how quickly Peyton and Wilson and Cortland Sutton rushed over to him. They knew, and he knew. And, I, you know, bad, uh, more distressing news, we'll get to that in a second, K.J. Hamler has a heart condition, and I can't imagine that anyone would clear him to play this year. So already at the wide receiver position, the Broncos are down two guys, Uh, one of whom was certainly going to make the team, and the other of whom had a pretty good shot, neither will be on the roster opening day. 
Right. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 tackle the Patrick story first. But it, yeah, KJ Hamler as well uh, diagnosed with pericarditis and uh, in what the Broncos called a procedural move, although define that as you will. He was waived with a non-football injury. Now, yeah. the Broncos uh, presumably would like to bring him back, and they believe that perhaps this is a matter of uh, weeks, not season. But this they, is on top of the uh, pectoral injury. Yeah, but but he's been waived and can sign with any team uh, as, as well. But, but let's deal with the Patrick injury first. It, it is, it's difficult to say. I mean, the Achilles tendon and the... Uh, the the knee are they're sort of different things. In fact, that while there's some studies that show if you've had an Achilles tear, you may be more likely to tear the knee. That there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence that it works the other way. But you know who who knows on that sort of thing. We're not doctors. Um, it, it's it's just unfortunate for Patrick, who gets these two separate injuries and takes him out for two consecutive years. Tim Patrick turns thirty in November. You'll be coming off of missing two full years of football. With leg injuries, I uh, it is. I, I'm not, I don't, don't doubt Tim Patrick's heart, nor do I doubt his desire to rehab or his professionalism. Quite the opposite. As a matter of fact, I feel quite good about all of those things with Tim Patrick. But it is hard to believe for a guy that uh, did not have particularly notable speed at the NFL level. It is difficult to get separation in routes, and he's a good route runner. He's a good possession receiver. But coming back from two years off when you'll be 31, and certainly both age and injury will cause some decline, it is hard to envision that Tim Patrick will ever be a starting caliber wide receiver for a a top-tier team again. Uh, he may have his, you know, be able to continue his career, but presumably at this point you're talking about a guy that's going to be a depth receiver. And for the Broncos, who wanted him to be one of their sort of three starters, if you will, along with Cortland Sutton, injury history, Jerry Judy, also with some injury history, who's far more limited in the seriousness compared to Patrick and Cortland Sutton, and, and Hamler as well, for that matter. But uh, this is a blow for the Broncos, a major one. It is a disastrous one for for Patrick, but also for uh, a Broncos team that was really counting on that that big body, that reliable receiver, the, the best hands on the team, I think by a wide margin. And you're no, not going to have, have a year, and I can't remember no drops. It was 2020 Zero. or 2021 that he had no drops. No drops. Yep. I think it was 21. It was, it was 21 coming into the year in which he was hurt, and that's where it was. And then the somebody uh, at football, uh, pro football focus, had him down for some drops. He objected. They retracted it. And they retracted yep. it. They went they back, went and, back looked. and looked, and they. Yeah. Deleted these they did. They deleted drops. it. They retracted. Yeah. They're like, nope, you're right. I mean, we watched drops. every game, and I don't remember nope. dropping a pass. He, he didn't. It's, it's, a, it's a major loss for the Denver Broncos, obviously. And uh, although Patrick it was going to be sort of the third receiver, at least when you think about targets by and large, behind Sutton and Judy, it doesn't. it's when you get those targets that matters. And he's one of those guys that when you looked at his rate over the two years, 20 and 21, when he was playing significant snaps for the Broncos, his rate of first downs per catch was the best on the team by a wide margin. This is a guy that when he caught the balls, uh, you were moving the chains. In 2020 and 2021, there was no doubt that Tim Patrick was Denver's best receiver. And there's not a way to say this without it coming off as a knock. But Tim Patrick has never caught 54 passes 
right. in a full season. Tim Patrick has never had 745 yards worth of pass receptions in a season. Tim Patrick has never averaged more than 14 and a half yards per catch, yeah. and he's never caught more than six passes for touchdowns. He's also never had a season other than 2021 in which he started and played in every game. Yes. And even the year before, he missed a game. Um, his first year, he played in 16 games, a lot on special teams. That was 2018, but only started four. And he had 23 catches that year. In 2019, he had 16 catches. Um, and the thing most notable about Patrick in 2019 was the criticism he received from his head coach, who basically said he couldn't run at all and was not an NFL-caliber receiver. This from Vic Fangio who played no, paid no attention to offense, I get that. Yeah. And whose judgment on offense was about the equivalent of a, a talk show caller or even a talk show host uh, assessing one's ability uh, and breaking it down that way. That's about as much attention as he paid to offense and about as much. He knew how to defend offense. So I'm not saying he never studied offense. Yes. Yeah. But to take his word um, in, in 2019, uh, which Fangio saw over the next two years after 2019, 2020 and 2021, where you're still the head coach. And even Fangio had to admit that Tim Patrick was his best receiver, the guy he yes. had basically dismissed as a guy who was barely deserving of being on the team in 2019. Cortland Sutton's had one good year. That was in 2019. That was the only year that he caught 65 passes, got 72 that year. Um, the only year in which he went over 1,000 yards, and the other years he really didn't even come that close. He averaged 15.4 yards per reception that year. Very good. Six touchdown receptions, considering the state of the Bronco offense. Joe Flacco drew lock in 2019. That's pretty good. Played in all 16 games and started 14. But in the other years, 2018, played in 16 games, started nine as a receiver. Uh, 2020, of course, he played one game, parts of one game, was injured in that game after catching three passes for 66 yards. And who knows what kind of season that could have turned into had he not torn his ACL. Comes back in 2021. He's not the same guy. He averaged two yards fewer per catch, 13.4, on 58 catches for 766 yards, only two touchdowns, played in all 17 games, missed a start, started 16, and last year missed a game and a start, actually two games and two starts, uh, with 15 games played and 15 starts, and caught only 64 passes for 829 yards, 13 yards a catch. You notice a pattern. 16.8 is rookie year, right. 15.4, then 13.4, and last year 13. Again, only two touchdown receptions all year long. And uh, an example of a guy who uh, looked like a star in 2019 and is now, I suppose, especially considering these injuries, a fixture, but he's no one's idea of a star at the wide receiver position. And Jerry Judy had one good year, and that was particularly uh, 
It was a late kick. It was a finishing kick. For its finishing kick in the final six games. But overall, 67 catches, 972 yards, 14 and a half yards per catch, six touchdown receptions. Played in 15 games, started 14. And a catch, so missed, and a catch rate of 67%. Yeah, which was in line with but, the previous year at 67.9. The year before, he dropped from his rookie year from 16 and a half yards per catch to 12.3. Of course, dealing with injury that year. And he had no touchdown receptions mm-hmm. in his second year after having only three in his first year. He did, in fairness, have six last year. His rookie year, he played in 16 games, started 14. He played in 10 games and started five. Injury riddled season in 2021. So, again, my point is, even before these injuries today, Tim Patrick had two pretty good years. Jerry Judy's had one good year, but never a 1,000-yard season. And Cortland Sutton had one really good year with 72 catches for over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns, averaging and he made almost the Pro 15 Bowl and a half yards per catch, made the Pro Bowl, and, and deservedly so. Looked like a comer. The injury was unfortunate. But the Cortland Sutton of 21 and 22 bears no resemblance to the Cortland Sutton we saw even in 2018 and especially in 2019. Again, injuries are unfortunate, and they tend to happen in bunches at one position. That's certainly been the Broncos' story in recent years. And there's no suggestion here that uh, the training staff no. didn't do its job. Um, I, I think, though, it's a reasonable question to ask as to whether they rushed Tim Patrick back to full-level participation even during OTAs. I think that's a legitimate question. The first day they're in pads, he goes down. And I had the same feeling when I was standing not 10 feet away from Tony Dorsett in 1989 when his career ended with uh, a torn ACL, not a torn Achilles, but a torn ACL at that point. And because we were allowed on the field in those days, I was not 10 feet away from him. Um, had a chance to get to know him his first year in Denver, which was the previous year. It was a rough year for the Broncos. But I I found Tony Dorsett to be one of the more delightful people uh, in sports that I've run into in my 45 years here in Denver. And uh, because I, I did a handful of Bronco games uh, that year, I, I did travel with the team some and uh, had some nice conversations uh, on uh, bus rides. Yeah, they did take back then uh, with, with Tony Dorsett. After flights, of course, but they, they got on buses, and uh, I suppose they still do, but they're luxury uh, bucks, buses now. And um, I, I remember uh, admiring him greatly because he was one of the few athletes who understood that by that time in his career, he had lost something. And uh, 89 was probably going to be his last year anyway, and it was a shame that his career ended. It'd be a shame for anybody's career to end that way, and I certainly hope that isn't the case with Tim Patrick. I hope there is a career left uh, for Tim Patrick. Uh, We can only hope. 
There are reasons for optimism regarding that. Achilles recoveries have gone a little better in the NFL as late. We'll talk about that uh, as well. And uh, we'll hear from uh, Pat Sertan, man who knows full well what it's like to cover Tim Patrick on how much this hurts. The Denver Broncos will do that next on Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Yeah, man, um, it's a tough break for us as a team. Obviously, when you see something like that, he's such a great player. I'm a great leader at that. Um, when you see him go down like that, um, it sucks in a way. You know what I mean? But I'm wishing him the best and, you know, just going from there. That is the voice of uh, Broncos cornerback Pat Sutan talking about the loss of Wide receiver Tim Patrick, presumably for the year, but they left Achilles' injury, uh, all but confirmed by multiple sources. The Broncos uh, have not released that, but even the Broncos, with Sean Payton, we played it at the beginning of the program, kind of already felt by the time he had, they'd gotten the cart to get him off that that was the injury. Patrick, by the way, a 71% for, over the course of his career, 71% of his catches, Sandy, went for first downs. But he's never played with Russell Wilson. No. Has not taken a regular season snap, and uh, he won't this year. And who knows by the end of this year what will happen uh, with Russell Wilson in particular and the Broncos in general. Um, I I hope there is a career somewhere, if it isn't here, uh, left in, in what would be his 30s next year for Tim Patrick, who at the present time is 29 years old. And tore his right ACL in a non-contact drill. August 2nd, 2022. And now on July 31st, 2023, his left Achilles tendon snaps, apparently, in a seven-on-seven drill. And again, there was no contact involved. There are a lot of changes. Though they were in pads. They were in pads. In general. Now, if if me and you and, and the listener happen to tear your Achilles, and I kind of I looked up a lot of this, the, the recovery period is expected to be about four to six months. But that's because we're not NFL players, or we expected to be NFL players. The average recovery for an NFL player is about 11 months. Of course, I also found out after researching this that, amazingly, well, one, actually, if you have a history of Achilles tears in your family, that makes you more likely. <clears throat> Whoops. Uh, also, uh, if your blood type is O, apparently you're more likely to kill Achilles tendons. I'm going to be so much more careful walking around now. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. These are things? But anyway, there you go. The Part of the part of the changes, though, you remember uh, Cam Akers coming back and playing for the Super Bowl from the Rams. Uh, it was only five and a half months. Of course, uh, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson have both come back from Achilles at different rates. Thompson's a little more problematic, but Durant obviously yeah. uh, came back and has looked like Kevin Durant ever yeah. since. Yeah. Some of that is due to the fact that in the last five years or so, the surgery is different. Well, you used to have to go all the way down to the incisions that could see all of it. Uh, Now modern technology allows a smaller amount of sutures, which means less time in a cast, which means less time for there to be scar tissue. So there is reason to believe that for top athletes with the the best procedures that they can come back and be somewhat close to what they were. But in Tim Patrick's case, one of the challenges, as you pointed out, this is a guy that 
whether Vic Fangio was being fair or not, saying, you know, he wasn't a particularly good runner, uh, Tim Patrick was, went undrafted out of Utah. Tim Patrick's best season in college in Utah was his senior year in which he had 711 yards. He was, he's never been a, a speed guy, a deep threat. But some of that speed with age and, and injury will be reduced. Some of the ability to cut, potentially, on the on the Achilles tendon for repair. That's the worry. And that's the worry when you're talking about both NFL players and NBA players. Uh, can it happen? Yes. But even at this point, the Broncos, at least according to the, the reports, Jeff Legwald of ESPN, among others, is the Broncos expect this to be a season end. You can hear the, oh, but Cam Akers came back. And, yeah, the Broncos are looking at like, no, 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 no. Okay, it, this, is, this is it. Uh Five and a half months is, at this point, barely gets you back by the end of the season anyway. The Broncos are not Super Bowl contenders. Uh, there's no reason to do that. It, the year's over. Uh, let it take the time it needs to take. And for Tim Patrick, that is a major blow. And it's a problem for the Denver Broncos, who, as you pointed out, when you talk about their sort of fixtures at the position, uh, they may be fixtures, but they're not stars. Uh, Tim Patrick in his career has had 2,009 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. He's never made a Pro Bowl. That's not a knock. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. And and when you're looking at a team and say they have star wide receivers, you don't look at a guy with those stats and say that's and a say star. That's a star. Right. That's the or, re- or that's, a number one receiver. That's just the the reality. I mean, of things. and the and production that was the has not deal been there. Twenty twenty and twenty twenty one for him. Good solid years for a number three wide receiver. And I get it. The and quarterbacking he wasn't was good with those two seasons he put up. And I yeah, the quarterbacking was not special. But during those two years, he was a decent third wide receiver who happened to be the most productive receiver on the Denver Broncos. And that was a sign that for all the hullabaloo, the Broncos are not strong at that position. Right. They are not. And the idea that Russell Wilson thought he was joining a team with better wide receivers here in Denver than the ones he had in Seattle was always preposterous, particularly so given the fact that Russell Wilson seemed to buy into it or certainly didn't contradict it when it was mentioned about 10,000 times uh, to him. He never pretended otherwise, and uh, that did not exactly thrill his former teammates. Uh, and I believe at the time he left Seattle, two of his uh, few remaining supporters were his two wide receivers who were quickly alienated when Russell Wilson seemed to think that the two guys he was joining in Denver or the three guys he was joining, including Tim Patrick, were better than they were. And, of course, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, D.K. Metcalf's a top 10 receiver in the NFL, and Tyler Lockett's probably a top 20 receiver in the NFL or something very close to it. Uh, Jerry Judy is not near uh, that stage in his career where he can claim to be a top 20 receiver. In fact, he is not even the best receiver in the class of 2020. Uh, that designation, of course, would belong to Justin Jefferson, of who's course. better than everybody, everybody. and C.D. Lamb, who's better than most receivers by now and is certainly established, yes, as more than a fixture, in fact, a star for the Dallas Cowboys. And Justin Jefferson's a superstar with the Minnesota oh, Vikings. He's the best yeah. player on the team yeah, by yeah. a country mock. It's, it's not even all that close. Uh, bad news, of course, piles up. K.J. Hamler would have the offseason pectoral injury uh, diagnosed with pericarditis. Pericarditis, by the way, for those who uh, don't know, is basically the inflammation of that membrane that surrounds your heart. Um, 
that can be caused by a lot of things. Uh, it can be caused by infection. Uh, it can be caught. It can be inflammation caused by other other issues. It can also be part of an autoimmune disorder. It can be a bunch of things. It uh, causes chest pain. The after being diagnosed, the Broncos uh, put him on the waived non-football injury list, so he is no longer a Denver Bronco. But here's what KJ Hamler put on social media on his Instagram today: "Quote." After feeling some chest pains while working out on the break before camp started, I got everything checked out and was diagnosed with mild heart irritation called pericarditis. I've got a great treatment plan with medicine, and I'm taking a quick break to get all this taken care of so I can get back to doing what I love. I'll be back on the field better and stronger than ever as soon as possible this season. I feel great physically, and this is very frustrating for me to deal with. I know most of you have heard or know my story these past few years about what I've been going through on and off the field. It's tough to deal with this when I was ready for a breakout year, but adversity is nothing new to me. I've been through hell and back, but it's hard to reach paradise if you don't go through hell first. I'll get past this like I get every past everything else on this journey, and I'll continue to elevate. I forever stand on business. This is not a farewell, not a goodbye. This is a see you soon as I take a break from my health. I'm grateful for teammates, coaches. Appreciate the support from Broncos country and the encouragement I've been receiving. And this is something to bring awareness to anybody. So if you have chest pains, please get checked out by your doctor. Stay true, be you. Stand on 10, never bend from K with love. And very well said. Uh, and we're all, said. Listen, we're all rooting it's for It's hard him. not to be in KJ Hamler's corner for, for a million different reasons. And, you know, I've said this before. In, I, injuries, I personally illness, have health. experience with um, mental health, uh, whether it be uh, my own journey or or uh, a member of my family. And so I'm I'm extremely sympathetic and very much inclined to root for people like that. But the best advice for KJ Hamler is not to try to rush back on the football field as soon as possible. That is not the best advice. And I, I, I know he is a positive guy. That's part of recovery. Uh, and uh, God bless him. Um, but I, I hope he's safe. He's only 24 years old. He's got a long life ahead of him. But he's got to take care of himself. If, if your if your body's telling you something, it's important to listen. And the Broncos called it a procedural move, uh, which I think you, you you say that because we know they altered his contract to make it uh, better for him to fit on the team. The Broncos want him to be on this team, and they called it a procedural move because obviously, as as he's out, the Broncos need to bring someone else in, and so he is waived. That means he can sign with anybody else. But the Broncos would like him back if possible, and it seems that uh, the Hamler would like to return as well. But this is just another situation there where you look at it and you're like, you know, we've now had uh, the knee injury. You've had uh, some of the, the mental health concerns. You've now had this issue with the heart and pectoral injury, the pectoral injury, too, which, you know, still he wasn't he wasn't ready to, to come from. So you reach a point. He's a he's a slight guy. He's a small guy. Well, he's five, nine, one seventy eight. Yeah. And um, any, anybody who's ever met me as a listener, you're thinking that's not a very big guy. I'm bigger than K.J. Hamlin. I don't belong on an NFL football field. I'll tell you that much. So he's a lot faster, stronger than I am. I get that. But you worry when you start having a lot of those injuries and, and, and you're just a smallish person who doesn't have a ton of muscle mass to be able to take that over. And, and then when you're dealing with packing it on and you're dealing with inflammation in your heart, mm, these things all sort of get concerning. So for KJ Hamler, I, I hope it gets right. But for the Broncos, now they are down. Two wide receivers who at least... Two seasons ago, were expected to be absolutely critical parts of the Denver Broncos offense. Well, one was a second round pick, that's right. Hamler. The other was handed, undrafted, but handed a new contract. But given, yes, a three year, thirty million dollar contract in November of twenty twenty one. 
And that's not even two years ago. Right. That's less than two years. And to be ago. fair, even at the time. And he's been able to play a little bit since then. That was not a, missed yeah. the entire 22 season. And now figures we'll miss the, the 23. 23 season. So bad luck for the Broncos. I don't know what you think they will do, by the way. 303-831-1340 is the number the Broncos do have other receivers on the roster. Of course, they did draft Marvin Mims in the second round last year. All of a sudden, that looks a little more wise than it may have a He's couple of days ago. He's had a hamstring issue. He's had a hamstring issue, but obviously that's quite different than what And wasn't that with. what Dulcich had last year? Uh, yeah, Dulcich had a hamstring issue as well. But remember, the training staff for the Denver Broncos has been overturned. I, I understand that. But one of the reasons it's been overturned uh, yeah. is because they weren't able they to were, manage injuries they were not well. sat- The Broncos organization was not satisfied with the way that it performed. Is it the, the type that's how it goes. But um, I, I think it would be a mistake to assume that these guys will be able to get people back more swiftly. Right. And an example of that we saw, unfortunately, unfold today with a guy who, again, I think it's a fair question. Nobody's making any pronouncements or and there's declarations. No, and there's no way to tell. But it is fair to ask whether coming off an injury that generally requires 12 to 8 months in order to fully recover for a major professional athlete, it's fair to ask whether he is rushed back far too soon. Because, again, he was a full participant in off-season training activities. And and this is after, we talk about 12 to 18 months, this is after eight months, nine months, ten months? Yeah, I mean, partic- participating I, in OTAs does I, not I mean know full that. go in pads. I, I, I mean, know. I know it doesn't. It's a little different. But... It, you can, well, we're all, you can we're jog all through that. But. Hearing from the Broncos talk about how Javante Williams is going full speed, and he really isn't. And even the coach, in one of his uh, more sensible moments, uh, which yeah. unfortunately lately have been few and far specifically between, made it clear that said, said there'll be there. days on, there'll be limited days, and there'll be a day off here and there uh, for Javante Williams. I will still be surprised if he is the starting running back rather than Pirine on September 10th, and of course, we both like Pirine. Mm-hmm. Pirine hasn't had more than 95 carries in a season since he was a rookie in 2017. Just saying. Yeah. You know, you, again, I like him, but he was a reserve behind the much-used Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand it is in vogue now to say that the backup is better than the starter because the starter has taken on so much wear and tear. Well, the Bengals didn't think so because they kept Joe Mixon and let Samaji Piran walk. But Dallas did it the other way. They They kept Tony Pollard and let Ezekiel Elliott go, maybe to New England, maybe somewhere else. I guess the Patriots had him out uh, uh, this week, and they – as is their custom, not saying very much about it, but it's possible they could uh, be the team that signs Ezekiel Elliott. I'm I'm just saying that there's a tendency to uh, assume that, uh, and I've I've certainly heard it. Well, P Ryan, who minds of a lot of people, even in Cincinnati, even within the organization was as good or better than Mixon. I never, I did, I didn't see that. I, um, I, I get, I haven't heard anybody. No. Now he was only one third down close to I get that because of the versatility, but uh, the better back. No, no, I don't think so. I, the, the concern but that has the Broncos, been suggested by some. And the new training staff, part of their challenge in this case is when you're dealing with now in Hamler's case, the, the 
the pec tear happened away from the, the football field. There's nothing the training staff could have done. Pericarditis no, is an illness. Not. There's nothing the training staff could do. No, no, but when you're talking about... Apply to KJ. Oh, not at all. But in Tim Patrick's case, uh, the other challenge for a, a new training staff is they're also new to the player right. who has an injury and the history that really wants to play them as well. The player really wants to play. I understand it. I'm just saying... I think there was good reason to replace the old staff. Agreed. Based on years of evidence, uh, things didn't seem to be getting better. In fact, they seem to be getting the Broncos worse. Led the I league understand. In ACL tears over the but previous two years. As is the case with a head coach himself, the assumption that all coaches fall into one of two categories. They're geniuses or they're buffoons, and there's no gray area in between. 99% of coaches, in fact, fall in that gray area in between, and Sean Payton, good a coach as he seems to be, looking at the record, is part of that 99%. He isn't the half percent that are surefire Hall of Famers, and he ain't the half percent, obviously, who can't keep a job. On the bright side, I guess the Broncos do have options. Now, Marcus Callaway, who I had argued was a lock for this roster before this, now I certainly feel is a lock for the roster. But there are other players. The wide receiver position is deep in the NFL. We'll look at options that the Broncos could take a look at. Remember, when they didn't spend that $9 million that they spent hovering around there on the cap, we said it was for this kind of situation. Well, there are options. We'll t- talk about them next on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. The Denver Broncos are two receivers down. Of course, KJ uh, Hamler was not available, but now he has been waived with a non-football injury. The Broncos leave the door open potentially, but who knows when that's going to be. And I think uh, even players will tell you and teams will tell you when, when you've been waived, there's no guarantees. And uh, oh, of course so, not. So in oh, KJ Hamler's situation, he's been waived. Tim Patrick's uh, situation, the year is over. Marcus Callaway brought over. That seems to be as if it was a pretty good move because at least you have a guy that's uh, been uh, an effective, if limited, know receiver. Yes, would, and would know the would offense. Know the now, offense. granted, last year he had a grand total of 16 catches, yeah. but uh, there is some familiarity. He is still, uh, you know, he's still young, only 25. Looking at free agents that are out there now, remember for the Broncos, uh, are there some name guys? Yeah. But for the Broncos, you're not looking for, at this point, you're a starter, a step up. You're not looking at the Julio Joneses or the, or the Jarvis Landrys or the Sammy Watkins of the world. That's not where the Broncos are going and not where they're going. But you could take a look at a former first-round pick in Keel Harry, a guy who's still only 25 years old. Um, you can look at Amari Rogers out of Houston. Uh, Richard Higgins, who played for uh, once at State, played for Carolina, CSU. still only 28 out of CSU, uh, Anthony Miller, who played for the Steelers, still left out a job at 28. Uh, Quintus Cephas, a pretty talented receiver out of uh, Wisconsin, originally played for Detroit last year, still doesn't have a spot at the age of 25. Uh, th- there are guys that you can look at. Ola B.C. Johnson, who had moments in Minnesota with uh, Kirk Cousins. That There's enough depth that the Broncos can replace the depth if they need. I, I understand 
But what worries me, uh, apart from the obvious absence of Patrick and, and even Hamler, is that you're dealing with a quarterback who didn't have Patrick last year. I understand that. But, you know, pretty much had Judy for 15 games, right? Mm-hmm. And had Sutton for 15 games and established no rapport whatsoever with Sutton. And with Judy, it took it, a while to develop. It took a while. Last six games, it was okay. Uh, but I believe Rippon played in one of those games. And, and Judy played well with Rippon, and he, he played did. well with Wilson uh, coming down the stretch the last half dozen games. It, it, this just looks like a bad mix to me. It is still, for most Broncos, a new offense. Mm-hmm. It is still a quarterback coming off his worst year. Also in a new offense. It is still a receiver core. Now, if not decimated, then certainly limited by injuries here early in camp that were entirely unforeseen, of course. Who would have predicted that Patrick would go down? I mean, honestly, when I got the word this morning at the very second it happened, I had some of my spies mm-hmm. out today watching practice. When I heard that it had happened, I said, wait a minute. That, that was last year. Yeah, somebody yeah. Did somebody Google Tim Patrick injury and get August yeah, last 2, year, 2022 right. and misunderstand it? But no, the, these were, I, I mean, that was my initial impulse. I knew the people telling me were actually watching it right. and describing the scream and the throwing of the helmet and the teammates uh, rushing over and Sean Payton uh, right along with them. It it just, it makes you shake your head because whether it's an event that transpires and doesn't turn out well and it's their fault or it's something that is completely beyond their control, the Broncos seem to be both luckless and not especially careful in a lot of the stuff they do, whether it's the spoken word or their activities on the field. And it just seems like the clouds were seen outside threatening skies at this hour. That's what hangs over the Broncos. The Broncos day signed after day after day. Michael receiver, Michael Bandy, uh, and, and activated Kendall Hinton from the pup list just a couple of days ago in the offseason. They also uh, added a little Jordan Humphrey, a player who was somewhat familiar with the offense in, in the New Orleans. Bandy, of course, uh, a guy that, of course, in his career has uh, 10 catches for 89 yards. So when you talk about the additions in Humphrey and Bandy, no significant NFL production. And besides Callaway, who last year had – in, in, in New Orleans, had 16 catches for 158 yards and one touchdown. Everyone else is is coming back. The rest of the receiving core is, is people who are returning uh, when you're talking about Brandon Johnson or Jalen Virgil or Montrell Washington. And here's what that means. Last year, Jerry Judy had 970, 
two yards and six touchdowns. Cortland Sutton, 829 and two touchdowns. Greg Dulcich was the third leading wide receiver on the team with four or receiver, I should say, period, with 411 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. And he missed almost half the year. The third leading receiver on the team was Kendall Hinton with 24 catches, 311 yards with no touchdowns. He's back, but 311 yards. KJ Hamler was next. He's gone. Jalen Virgil on had seven catches, yeah. 165 Jaylen yards. Jalen Virgil last year had 75 yards on two catches. Brandon Johnson had 42 yards on six catches. Montrell Washington had two yards on four catches. This is what the Broncos have left at the wide receiver position. Marcus Calloway is an absolute lock for this team. There's no question he's their third best receiver. Kendall Hinton probably is right there as well. Oh, I think he's a lock. But he's healthy. All of a sudden, Marvin Mims, who's been, pun not intended, hamstrung with an injury. (laughs) Becomes an incredibly important player. Yeah, We had thought at the time, you kind of get the impression that was probably K.J. Hamler's long-term replacement. Well, that's now. And you're talking about behind Judy, who at least seems to be, at least given the last six games of his career, seems to be on the upswing. Cortland Sutton, who seems to be settling in a better-than-average Sort of a, a B to B-minus wide receiver in the NFL at this point. Yeah, Slightly be better than average. And then you have, who knows? Who knows? Uh, that There is very little that this receiving core has left. And, and the problem was, as we pointed out, it was a bit of a charade to begin with. A lot of it was a bit of smoke and mirrors and the presumption right. that uh, the production would follow, even though there's really no indication that that was going to be the case. Uh, the, the Broncos bet on potential for their wide receiving unit, and they didn't get it. And that's what happened. That's well, what, that's what they we're talking about. Potential, potential gets you fired. And so those things occur. The production did not follow. No, and it, it can't follow now. And that's going to be a major problem for this team because, as you pointed out, uh, boy, you're really thinking about the health of Javante Williams because your top receiving tight end, the Broncos added, but they added guys who were blockers in, in Troutman and Manhurts. And out on Thursday, listening, or pardon me, on Saturday, listening to uh, Jean Payne about that when I was out on Saturday, about the addition of those tight ends. You know, we talked about it, you need guys that can do both. But Dulcich is the guy that was the third leading receiver on the team last year. He's critical, and but he's all potential, too. I agree. And that's that's why last week we broke down exactly what should be meant when you call yeah. somebody a superstar, Could you be a, receiver a star, this year? Yeah, but he hasn't done it, so it's a potential. fixture or unproven. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos have people um, who are described by some in the media as superstars when they're stars. You have two fixtures. No as stars. stars when they're only fixtures, and as Fixtures when they're totally unproven. The rest totally unproven. Of and Dulcich is an example for, of that. Absolutely. Dulcich remains unproven. Unproven. Do I like him? Yes. Do I like the P. Ryan acquisition? Yes. Do I like the way Judy played the last six games? Did it alter my opinion that he was almost uh, a complete bust? Yeah. I, th- I think he deserves another look, and he will obviously get it now that Tim Patrick, once again, unfortunately, is out for the year. But, uh, you know, when I talk about damage 
to an organization. There is damage born of bad luck. And that's what the Broncos had today. There is damage that is self-inflicted. And that is what the Broncos had last week. The Broncos have already made an enemy of one of their non-divisional opponents. I mean, divisional opponents are supposed to dislike one another, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter who they are. There's supposed to be a degree of rivalry, although God bless Frank Clark for for saying as a former chief now playing for the Broncos, any idea that there is a rivalry between the Broncos and the Chiefs is a total joke. And he said that people in Kansas City basically laugh at that idea. And until the Broncos one of these years beat the Chiefs, it ain't a rivalry. So the the Broncos can't. Now, do the Broncos have a rivalry of sorts with the Chargers? Yeah, because they win um, close to half the time. Do they have it with the Raiders? Not really, because one, both teams aren't very good, and the other, the Raiders in recent years have dominated the Broncos. The last four or five years, the Raiders have dominated the Broncos. They beat them twice last year. With a quarterback, they ended up benching in December. He was good enough to beat the Broncos twice, and I guess you didn't have to have a very good year to be able to beat the Broncos and outplay Russell Wilson. Yeah, Frank Clark did the old uh, Don Draper from Mad Men pointing out that this guy says, I think about beating you all the time, and this one's, I don't think about you at all, <laughs> which is essentially where the Chiefs and Broncos exactly are. Right. Uh, it's been rough these first couple right, days. but They've made an enemy of the New York Jets unnecessarily, and Aaron Rodgers will be loaded for bear, you know the head coach will be, and to the extent that he can be, Nathaniel Hackett, who does have one thing going for him. He has Aaron Rodgers backing, and that isn't. If you have one thing going for you, that good. isn't the worst thing in the world to have going. For it you. is not. It's been a bumpy ride at the beginning, but you, you know you hear that. That's the sound of football coming back, and now is the time to place your preseason bets with SuperBook Sports. SuperBook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and now you can use promo code Mile High to score up to two hundred fifty dollars with their first bet bonus. Win or lose. They'll match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. So don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and the promo code MILEHIGH. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Colorado Rockies, Sandy, they, we're not going to say that they've changed their stripes. But they did something that they haven't done in previous years. They made some trades of Starters. They they what made one pretty does big one. that mean we'll have Drew Creaseman from My Life Sports, our Rockies lead writer, here to break it down next.